Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Uh, it's playoff week. Uh, we're just a few days. It's Sunday before the game. Um, so we're about we here we are five days now until yeah because it's on friday kickoff so friday evening another night game it's gonna be a late one um on new year's day so i mean i guess it's a good thing people who might be up late for new year's eve can at least sleep in some on new yeah year's it's, day. it's gonna be a late one i think it's eight o'clock's so the kickoff so originally i saw 8 45 but now everything i'm seeing says eight so hopefully think, it gets moved up a little bit i think that's all pregame because isn't that I, I don't think the rose ball kickoff still five so that probably will be ending like right at i mean it'll probably be more like 8 45 yeah and you never know what those playoffs how I long think everything the, takes i think they put into the the, the start times are when they start the foot i mean i i hope with everything being so different with COVID this year that they can at least like kind of condense some of all the pregame and postgame or i'm pregame and halftime stuff yeah we don't need all that yeah. you don't need all that jazz just get to the football <laughs> i think the espn talking heads need the 45 minutes. oh yeah they they need their time to talk yeah, i i know this yeah so, um but yeah so we get the playoffs this week so uh today's episode um i think we're just we're just going to focus just strictly on clemson um about our game we want to go kind of position by position to talk about uh their guys versus our guys and who do we think at the end of the day has the better shot here so and and we're actually we're we're going to do a full like preview also though later on in the week before the game kind of like doing our normal previews that we do yeah. so today's more of like a, a breakdown it's something we haven't really done but it's more so just kind of focusing like you said mostly on clemson but also how ohio state matches up as well yeah um um just so before we quickly get in everybody everybody had a good christmas oh yeah christmas was great it was jackson's first one little so. guy loved it i mean he liked eating the wrapping paper so um, i think that's normal i heard that hopefully <laughs> that's normal but yeah he, he was more into the you know putting the wrapping paper in his mouth and the actual gifts but it'll get it'll get more exciting for him as the years go on yeah um yeah so christmas was good we all had a, a good time uh, sadly you know not be able to see everybody for a long time i mean we did get to spend some christmas eve together uh just us as a small group but you know we had manhattans and old-fashioned so it was a good night yeah so we had fun um all right so let's get into this so i think uh we'll go players all the way down so all position groups and then at the end of it i say we'll we'll kind of just do a day over friday day Okay. And I, I mean, I got some stuff also just like statistically about the actual position groups themselves or the actual, you know, side of that, the ball, like yeah. offensive defense, I want to touch on. Okay. Um, all right. So first is, well, I mean, obviously we'll start with the quarterbacks. Uh, it's the most important part of the important position on the field, easily the most important position in all of sports. So you got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, arguably the number one right now and two players in this draft coming up i mean there's some right now some wavering on fields but i yeah. don't think that he's at the end of the day probably gonna be number two taken um so i mean i think the biggest things that i mean obviously we we saw a lot about trevor lawrence last year now 
dude, kid's got a big arm. Um, he does. Didn't kill us last year with his arm. He killed us with his brains, finding open receivers in the middle of the field and then uh, on his legs and, you know, keeping plays alive and obviously the big touchdown run. Um, so, I mean, just your general thoughts. What do you think about how, what is his bet? What does he do well? And how is he really going to stress Ohio state? Trevor Lawrence is incredibly talented. Like you said, he has, he has arm strength that, you know, Justin Fields does not. Justin has a good arm, but Trevor Lawrence, he can he can stretch the field in a hurry. He can make every throw on the field. Um, you know, he can throw across his body from a far hash to a sideline, and he can still get it to a receiver. So he does have a tremendous arm, quick decisions. Um, now I don't, I mean, I've looked at a lot of it though. I don't know how much of it is, you know, quick decisions as opposed to design plays that that's the first read that because they're, you know, Sweeney and the offensive coordinator, they're seeing what the defense is doing and they're trying to hit them real big. So um, right now though, I mean, he hits big plays down the middle of the field and he does a lot of that in the RPO game. So that's a lot of the attention is drawn onto him and ETN and those slot receivers and the tight ends, they feast on that and they can get behind their guys in a hurry. And that's where he makes a lot of guys pay. So a lot of that, a lot of uh, hitting people with space and, you know, they, they beat the safety or whomever to the end zone. I've saw a lot of that this year. So yeah, he just, he can make every throw. And of course, you know, his legs are deadly. So he doesn't take a lot of time before deciding to run the ball. He's um all out effort player. I mean, if you looked, I think it, I think it might actually been that last game against Notre Dame that he pitched the ball or he did an inside handoff to ETN and he was a lead blocker for him. So, I mean, the kid doesn't care. I know everyone likes to give him a hard time, sunshine that he cries. He pretends to be hurt and gets guys kicked out for targeting, which I don't know how true some of that is. I mean, I, I have seen him twice go down for targeting. And then he's like bounced back up after that person got kicked out of the game. So maybe there is some truth to, truth to that, but he's a competitor. He does not care about getting hit. He will lower his shoulder as a lead blocker. He'll lower his shoulder when he's running the ball. So, I mean, the kid, he he does everything he can to try to get extra yards. And, yeah, I mean, him and Amari Rogers, that's been special. And it's been a little bit different this year than what they've done with other years. And we'll talk about receivers here in a little bit. Because, you know, they had Justin Ross and T. Higgins for the two years prior, and they were so talented on the outside. This year, so much of it's, attack the middle attack the safeties attack the linebackers and i think probably the biggest thing that they are looking at right now is they're probably focusing the most attention to the indiana game because that's where ohio state had its biggest issues dealing with the middle of the field right and it seems like that that's especially how after last year's game went that that's probably going to be their their thought process, their attack plan coming into this game. And you would almost have to think Ohio state. I mean, that's, that's gotta be where, you know, you, you gotta try to eliminate that as best as you can. That So that's kind of like the scary part is you had all these issues with the deep safeties, you know, supposed to be in positions that they weren't in or that your zone wasn't working correctly against Indiana. But if you're going, you know, Last year, man-to-man killed Ohio State's defense against Trevor Lawrence because that's when he started picking them apart when their backs were turned. Yeah. Um, so then the question is, does... They're not picking them apart. Where does Ohio plays. State... How does Ohio State defend it? Did they try to maybe do a 2D? Because the 2D, they tried to do some 2D last year and it didn't work. 
you know, at different times? Do they? You got to have eyes on him. That's so. Do we play a zone? Yeah, and um, and then yeah. just hope to God that Proctor and um, or Hooker are ready for that and not are coming up trying to make a play when they need to stay into a zone. Well, you got you got to mix it up because neither one of them have shown me that they have that awareness to them that they can't try to jump the play. So I think you got to mix it up to give them different looks, but you can't continuously go man to man because we saw it last year. Yeah. Um, Now kind of like just on Justin Fields, just real quick. um, I think the biggest thing that could be working to Ohio state's advantage and his advantage is that, you know, Ohio state could throw something at Clemson that Clemson's just not ready for. Now, Granted, you don't get your normal bowl preparation season. Yeah. You don't have your four weeks. You only had 11 days to begin with. So it's, you know, a little less than two weeks. So it, it they can't do a complete rechange of everything, but they could do some stuff. You know, you know, you figured the challenge, you figure Clemson will probably be in a zone against him. Um, yeah, I would think so. They're not going to, they're not. Yeah, they're going to try to, you know, keep everything in front of them. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, fields, I I think where they could hurt Clemson is, you know, find deep openings in the middle of the field against the zone. You know, he likes to go longer. So maybe you're looking for that 15 yard range, drop somebody into a zone and then let them, you know, do their thing. And Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are fast enough that they can hurt those guys in yard after catch. It's just Justin Fields hasn't. We haven't asked that of this team that much this year. A lot of it's been deep throws that there's not a lot of yard after catch, but Gary Wilson shown us on his that he can do that. Chris Olave has kind of been more like a Devin Smith where they just kind of throw the ball to the end zone and let him do his thing. I think the biggest thing for, you know, ultimately for Ryan day, but then Justin Fields too, is they're probably going to start against zone against you. You know, you got to go against zone. You got to play zone, but breaking plays and break the zone. And then when they get into man to man, you know, the one thing we haven't seen a lot this year is crossing routes. And then at that point, right, you know, you got to go. I think that's your bread and butter. And you haven't shown it a lot this year. So go, go with it. And, you know, and I'm not sure why they haven't shown this stuff as much this year. I don't know if it's coaching for Justin. I don't know if maybe, you know, when Ryan had his hands on the quarterbacks more, your was much more seasoned than what Corey Dennis is. So I don't know if there's a regression or a step back in coaching. And that's some of the that he's only I don't know if it's just him trying to win the Heisman for himself, which obviously didn't work it out. It could be it could also be that they're just they haven't played a lot of teams playing man to man against them. Right. Which is, you know, it's like, just he holds the ball for a long time looking for deep passes down the field. Yeah. And when you see that zone, you got to, you know, you got to throw to where the opening is in the zone. You got to find that soft spot. And it's like, they're not trying to find it. So, but what Justin does and Trevor, like I said, Trevor's a good runner. Trevor doesn't do it a whole hell of a lot though. He, where he does like, he's very lethal in the red zone running the ball. And I've seen, and that's just, I mean, I've watched probably like five complete Clemson games this year. So I'm not going to say I'm an expert on anything or not, but that's where like he's done that a ton this year is that, you know, he is so hard with ETN. You got to focus on one of the two and like bootlegs or whatever it may be. He gets a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. But if you're talking about like Justin Fields, you know, has played six games. Lawrence has played nine games because he missed the two. And Justin Fields has 
50 more rushing yards than him on the season, yeah. two less touchdowns. So Justin is more lethal and can get more on the ground than what Trevor can. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's definitely something, you know, if, if they're in a zone, yeah, all their eyes are going to be on you. So Justin, but in both instances, Justin can run the ball. You know, mm -hmm. you just find you get your yards that you can get against the zone. And if they go into man to man, then you kill them if you go take off right. play. And so Justin just needs to be, especially in this game, he just needs to be more decisive with some stuff. Now, we both know what their talent on both these guys are. So, I mean, are, do you think the position grew? Is it a. Is it a Clemson? This goes to the Clemson column. Is this a Buckeye position or is this a push? I would say just from. So let me preface this first. So I've seen Trevor Lawrence play in a couple big games as far. I saw him absolutely torch Alabama in 2018. And then both playoff games as a passer last year, he did not it seemed like he had one plan and that was to go deep and outside. And he did not seem comfortable when you got pressure yeah. on him. He overthrew a lot of guys. Like there was a lot of bad throws in both those games. And anyone can argue with me how great he is. And I understand how great he is, but he is not like, you know, a finished product at quarterback that can just absolutely pick people apart. I saw what it looked like when people got in his face and he, he still went deep and he overthrew a lot of them. Yeah. Joe Burrow last year, that was a quarterback that actually could pick defenses apart. Absolutely. And, you yes. know, he used if you're going to pressure him, then he found the hot guy. He used. Yeah, exactly. And he used what you gave him also. And what well, how Clemson tried to attack him is they tried to attack Joe Burrow. And they thought that I think they went into it. I mean, I don't know if they didn't scout those receivers or not. But they went into it almost like they thought Joe Burrow was just going to you know, dink and dunk on them and pick them apart going down the field. And Jamar Chase and, you know, Jefferson and Terrence Marshall. And I can't think of Randy Moss's son's first name, but they all like they went deep on them yeah. and they just they gashed them through the air. So, yeah, I mean, there's I think Justin has the ability to do that, but I don't think they're going to give Justin that look. I think they're going to play like deep zones, try to keep everything in front of them. So he has to do his part, finding the soft spot in the zone. Um I'm sorry. <laughs> like, what can he do to them? Well, no, we're just who's is this um, position? Is this uh, is that a pusher? I got to say Trevor Lawrence, but just by the narrowest of margins. I'm thinking probably you're right on that, but I'm probably going to go with my heart here and not with my brain. And uh, at least I hope it's I hope my brain's this <laughs> way, too. But uh, I think it's a push. I, I think we know what both of these guys can do because I felt it was a push last year. Mm -hmm. The final interception wasn't Justin Fields' fault. You know, it was I mean, a good throw. It, just... it was a good throw. It would have been a touchdown. It would have been a game winning touchdown as long as a lot of cut it. I mean, which, you know, he doesn't drop much. So you got to assume that there's a better chance than not if he would have kept his route going that uh, he would have caught that ball. Right. Um, so Fields, I mean, they didn't, but Fields didn't even make bad decisions in the red zone. His one throw to, um, you know, Dobbins was a little hard. And, you know, if he would have just lofted a little bit more, Dobbins would have easily have ran underneath it. Dobbins had his hands on it and around it. Yeah. I mean, and then the one, I mean, KJ Hills hit him straight in the head. I don't, KJ, I don't know. Yeah, KJ that catches everything. Right. And, and then on the screen pass, that was all Dobbins' fault. I mean, I mean, that was as perfect of a screen pass as you can have. So, I, I feel this position's a push. I, I feel Fields will show up big game and he will show what he's all about too. And it'll be interesting. It'll be a quarterback battle. Now, the one thing, and just to go back real quickly to the LSU game, because I, I recently rewatched that last year. So 
they went after Burrow. And Justin, this is something that I don't know if he has time to work on this now, but Burrow's pocket awareness in that game is just incredible. I mean, they're going after him and Burrow is just doing circles in the pocket. Just, you know, he can feel the presence. He's finding where his blockers still are. So like Justin does, Justin doesn't like to run. He keeps his eyes downfield. But Bert, Joe is moving his feet while keeping his eyes downfield. And that's just something Justin sometimes th- stays a little flat footed. Justin actually early in pressure is good with that. Yes. He'll move around. And then it's like, then he finally, like, then he breaks down. He kind of locks in on somebody yeah. then. And then, yeah. And that's when the late blitz gets him. Yeah. And that's how teams, that late blitz is what Justin that has guy trouble com- with. Or the lineman that ran by him now comes up from behind him. But you also know what they did with Joe Burrow. Joe also, he ran quick in that game when he needed to. If something wasn't there, he ran quick. And they had designed draws for him. Yeah. Which I think. To keep them honest, like I would hate to throw plays away, but I think Ryan Day has to come out with some design quarterback runs. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I don't even know if you're necessarily throwing them away. I mean, Justin Fields is a hell of an athlete. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. So, I, like I said, Trevor, narrowest of margins, but push for you. Um, running back. So we have uh, Intian on, you know, on Clemson. Um. Seems like we finally have a solidified the running back position for Ohio State yeah. like this after the last game with how you know Sermon breaking Eddie George's um, all time uh, or the single game rush record. So last year Ohio State's defense did very well against Intian running the ball. You know he didn't have any breakout runs on them running the ball where right. he killed them as was as a receiver in the middle of the field. You know, is a what you think is just a normal drop down receiver, and you know, Trevor just destroyed them by getting it to him. So I'm assuming Ohio State still looked really good this year against the run, um, but you know he's a very multifaceted running back. So I mean, just your thoughts on where he could really do to damage. I'm assuming we're both looking at that. That's the same as last year. Yeah, I mean. He averages, I think, I looked it up earlier. I'm not going to look into this stuff, but running the ball, it's like 80 yards per game, I think, as long as he played in every game. Because I, I didn't actually look at that. I think it's about, and then it's a little bit more once you get the rush or the receiving stats in there. I think he goes for about like a buck 25 when you for total yards from scrimmage. So he is a very dynamic player. Um, again, I think that's where he can hurt Ohio State, though, is if they're, getting aggressive going into man's and Trevor's recognizing that quickly. And you give him a whole bunch of space to run because that guy, it doesn't matter what defense he's playing. Like if he has openings, he can hit a touchdown on anybody yeah. and he can hit a 99 yard touchdown on anybody. That guy is fast, fast. And that's something Ohio state just has to try to manage as best as they can. They gotta, you know, if you're going to give that to him, you got to have guys around him to be able to tackle him. What I what it seemed like what they did really good last year in the playoff game against him when he was taking handoffs is they hit made sure they hit him in the hole and then they made sure then they got to him the, the you know so he couldn't break off a tackle every, every year that I hear that you know Travis Etienne has put on more muscle he's harder to tackle and every year I see him against good tack when he plays a good tackling team he struggles to break tackles if you get your body on him and wrap him up you can get him down. Now, where where they would struggle at, though, is 
I saw a lot of bad tendencies this year early from Ohio State that they were trying to tackle with their shoulders. Yeah. Travis Etienne will bounce off of those and go for touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he can get his footing back when you hit him. I've seen him do that a ton of times. So that's something, I mean, you got to wrap him up. You have to tackle properly. But if you get your body on him, I don't, he's not that strong. I mean, I don't know. I hope I'm not jinxing anything. Now, I wouldn't be surprised, though, in this game. Who would wisconsin's running back jonathan taylor last year yeah i couldn't i'm blanked yeah. on his name so jonathan taylor all these times he went against ohio state and he was the best running back in the country and he never did anything and then finally hit like a 50 yard touchdown against ohio state last year might even been more might have been a little less. he had a good first half against yes. the buckeyes i would not be surprised if etn if there was some hole and he could take one to the house on ohio state just because you know probability of it happening at least once yeah but if not then they're going to try to do it like they did last year. And Ohio state just has to be ready to play the zone on that. Yep. And you got, you got to watch, you got to watch your aggressiveness. Cause you know, they will run screens with him. I mean, he's mm-hmm. deadly in the passing game. Um, now with Trey sermon, you know, on the and whole, master Teague and master Teague, the whole, I would say we'll go into the, if you know, advantage, who's got the advantage, who's got the push on this one. I, I know he ran for 331 yards and I got hope that uh, he has another great game with him. Right now, I, I think my slate advantage is going to Travis Entienne on this one just because, you know, we've seen him do what he does. Career stats. And he's, I mean, he had a good game against Ohio State last year. He might have not been running the ball, but he had a good, he scores the game winning touchdown. He, right. you know, he has a good game against them, um, against the Buckeyes defense. And I, I definitely think Sermon, I think there's some weaknesses in the Clemson defense that Notre Dame pushed a little bit in the first game they pushed it early in the last game but then they just they got behind and then you can't at a point the running game just doesn't become a factor anymore when the other team is just scoring at will against right so there is some advantages i think ohio state could push clemson they they showed it last year against clemson and i think some of those same weaknesses are there absolutely and i think and I think they give Ohio State some of that opportunity as well, how their defense, how they were trying to contain Ohio State's offense last year. And I think they might do that again, where they might say, hey, we're going to let you run the ball, but we're going to use, you know, the end zone as an extra d- defender. They didn't care until Ohio State really like they didn't care until Ohio State got to the 20 yard line last year. Yeah, And that's and then that's where Ohio State struggled. And that was what, three field goals? Yeah. And I mean, a lot of those, though, Ohio State should have converted for touchdowns on two of those. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only one that honestly you can say Ohio State shouldn't have converted for, which I think Ryan got a little too aggressive early in the game there, was that first one. That was the only one that, you know, they actually didn't have a touchdown pass or play. Yeah. That I mean, the two drops by Dobbins, both should have been touchdowns. Yeah. So uh, I agree with you, Travis. I would give him the edge or the check mark on that one because of just what he's done in his career what we know he can do trey sermon's last two games are kind of like outliers but he's had big games in his career he's getting healthy now the one thing i do want to point out though is clemson has a very good run defense they're giving about 99 yards per game yeah so ohio state i mean if you look at and sorry i had to do this on a napkin but um if you look at their running stats so Indiana, they went over double what Indiana's season average was. Penn State was about 70 yards more than what Penn State gives up. Michigan State was over double what Michigan State gives up. Rutgers was right on the money. Nebraska looks like about, I don't know, 50 yards more, 45 yards more. And Northwestern, they went, again, like over double. I mean, almost triple what Northwestern gives up per year or per game. So 
Ohio State, they've played some decent run defenses. I yeah. know it's a small sample size, but they found ways. It's not just Sermon, but they've found ways to hit on these teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely Clemson definitely has a good run defense. Um, and I don't think Clemson, sorry to cut you off. I don't think Clemson is I I don't think they're that athletic and great once you get past that defensive line. Outside of Notre Dame, I don't know how many I mean, I I'm not gonna I haven't watched a lot of ACC this year. I mean, I know UNC wasn't bad running the ball. Miami's not bad running the ball. I mean Virginia they, Virginia they Tech's good running the ball and they kept them way under their average. And they and you know, they didn't play UNC. Um I can't remember. I know Miami had some has some decent backs. I can't quite remember how they did against I mean not I well. Yeah, so the only two team or the only team that really had any success and hit their season average as far as I can think of was Notre Dame the first time around. They ran well on. Yeah, so that will definitely be interesting. Um, but I we do agree that just be on you know reputation, what he's done, and you know we just need to see a little bit more of Sermon. I think Sermon could do something big in this game. It's just you know, you know we need to we probably need him to have like uh somewhat of a Dobbins effort here because you know yeah. I mean that kept Clemson way off on their back feet last year how well Dobbins was running against them and actually you know kept a lot of pressure off of fields like if if they get to a point in this game where they could just start teeing off on fields with how fields holds the ball that starts getting a little nerve-wracking that's yeah that's a problem now I will say though out of the two because they're both very good run defenses they both have good run offenses out of the two though and this is again just eye test I mean I do have some of the numbers here um Ohio State runs like 70 yards more per game than Clemson does no. but Ohio State I mean if you just go by eye test they stop the run altogether much more consistently than what Clemson does Clemson, as you alluded to, they get into a point where they start getting lopsided scores and teams got to go away from their run. Yeah. All right. So we'll go into the receivers and we'll kind of lump the tight ends a little bit in with this. So we'll just do like kind of the passing game. So Clemson definitely doesn't have the same room that they did last year. No. And Ohio State, arguably on paper, might have a better room, especially at the top two, especially when you look at what of Alave and Wilson when Alave and Wilson have both been on the field together they've been unstoppable this year and uh it sounds like we're getting Alave back so, and so you would think Ohio State could do something especially you know they did do they didn't do bad in the passing game last year in the, this game you know especially when they were outside of the red zone um so you're just your thoughts on Clemson first what do you think so Amari Rogers is a special slot receiver, but I'm they have another guy that he's a big play guy, um, Cornell Powell, which he's not he's not like he's not huge. Like he's not a very tall guy or he's not, he doesn't have the same body as like a T Higgins or Justin Ross. He's shorter like Amari Rogers is. However, you know, he he hits huge plays. That's what Trevor Lawrence feast on. So, I mean, I would take either one of them just for production purposes. I would say, you know, I would take Olave or Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson's a better slot receiver. I think Olave is a better receiver than Powell. However, this one kind of goes to the quarterbacks as well. That's like what Trevor Lawrence, you know, where Ohio State's weakness has been, has been in the middle of the field with that slot cornerback, Marcus Williamson, Marcus Hooker on the deep, you know, back safety. So I think there's a good chance that Amari Rogers can exploit what Ohio State does. However, if we're talking straight, head to head then i mean i think room wise clemson uses a lot more of their guys 
So that that's kind of that gives them an edge with some of it because they use their guys more than what Ohio State does. Ohio State, you know, they zero in on Olave and Wilson, but they're open so much that Fields feels comfortable going to them. So I think if you go like talent wise, what the guys have, if you kind of take that part away, who uses more of what they have, I think you got to give the edge to Ohio State. I'm not going to say it's huge, significant though. Yeah, I think they are a much better receiving team or they're a better receiving team than what Clemson has. Now, tight ends, again, I would go Jeremy Ruckert. I would put him against any tight end in the country and think he's fine. Or, you know, Luke Farrell. I think they're fine. Now, Galloway, though, he does a lot of good things for Clemson because, as we mentioned earlier, Trevor's so good hitting those RPOs right over the middle of the field. Yeah. Um, And also, I think we have to remember that Brian Hartline wasn't coaching last game. And I don't know who Clemson's wide receiver coach is. He could be very good. I just think we have the best wide receiver coach in the country. Yeah. I mean, he is. I mean, it's night and day what our receivers were a few years ago compared to what they've been the last couple of years. And I know everybody kind of focuses on Hartline's recruiting, which is you know, been unmatched the last couple of years. But I mean, and that's not a stretch. I mean, it's been unmatched. He's a damn good coach, too. I mean, our guys run a lot crisper routes. You know, they run you know they do different types of routes they do double moves they they don't just try to use their speed to get necessarily right. get open down the field they're doing different things um so I, I i think the edge is with ohio state here um it's just like kind of what you said can fields get them the ball and he has proven all year except one game that he can't even in the Indiana game he, he threw was, for 300 he yards. was getting the ball to people right. he had a couple bad throws that turned into interceptions and supposedly that was his worst game of his career well we saw what his worst game of his career looked like yeah you know, it was last week against northwestern um i don't think we were, were going to have a repeat of that um it's just you know and if the if your guys aren't open can you find the other guys and because somebody will be open there's always somebody open so right um, but I would give the room itself. I would give it a advantage to Ohio State. Um, I do think that they are the better room. And I think, you know, outside of Alabama, you know, Alave and Wilson are the best receiving core in the country. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and Alabama and them would be a push, in my opinion, even with how good. Maybe I would give it if Judy was still there, you know, or is it Waddle? Waddle, Waddle Judy's one Judy got drafted. Left. Yeah, yeah, if Waddle was still there, maybe I would give it to Alabama as the advantage because we haven't seen some of the other guys really, you know, step up yet. Right. But, you know, but just those two, I think they easily have the advantage over Clemson. So I, I agree. All right, the line. So Ohio State's line, I think I, I, I think they've been a lot better passing protect pass protection this year than a lot of people give them credit. I would say almost two thirds of the sacks is are on Justin. Is on Justin. Or um, Harry Miller. And I'm sorry, Harry, I don't want to throw you under the bus there, but I was a little concerned with them run blocking, but then I saw last week's game. Oh, I mean, their run blocking has been fine. And yeah, they're they're fine. Run blocking. They were were fine against Indiana. They were fine against Michigan state. They're fine. But they were, they they just looked like an even different line. They were like a possessed line last week. And, you know, I mean, cause a lot of sermon did a lot of things. Sermon had some big holes coming out of the, you know, I mean, sermon though, yeah, no, he had some big holes for sure, but yards after contact, he had like almost 200 yeah. yards after contact oh, yeah. also, or something, maybe buck 50, something like that. Oh, you know, once it gets past, you know, once he gets, once you get to that point, yeah, that's on you. That, you gotta do, that run game in general last week was on a different level. 
I mean, the line gets you to the hole. They get you the first, what is it, the first five yards the line gets you, and then it's the running back's job to get you the what's next. So, yeah. Like, um, so running blocking, I mean, th- they look really, really good. Um, the biggest concerns this year has definitely been Harry Miller. Um, he started off fine. He's had some shaky play but he looked good last week he i didn't he it's had, just the holds honestly like that's that's a lot of my frustration with harry is getting the penalties that yeah get us behind the sticks then especially but, on touchdowns and like, you can't do that against clemson that was the one he didn't have the big hold one i mean who knows what that game ends up being against northwest if you score that first if you get a touchdown instead of a I field mean, goal. you don't know where you know how the moment how that handles momentum everything cha- that could change an entire game i mean you can't assume you can never assume everything is exactly the same after if something's different. So, right. Um, but outside of that, you know, that's probably the one weak spot on, and it's not even, it's just that he needs game reps and he's just, this has again, been a bad year. You know, he, he didn't play a lot last year. You know, this has been a bad year to, you know, think that you're going to become a starter and trying to gel when we've talked about this at the beginning of the year, you know, the biggest things, the advantages for offense alliance are just how they gel with each other right. because, you know, you're basically, you have to, you're five guys that have to literally move as one. Well, and Harry last year, you know, he did not get a ton of meaningful reps. Like he got enough game time that he's not a red shirt this year. But Harry also, if you don't remember, he was not an early enrollee. Yeah, that's true too. Harry met, he got with the team in the summer. Yeah. So he was a little bit in just, how these guys are so i mean you talk about this year what got taken away from them he's really only had what year and a half and mixed yeah he's only had mixed program he only had one true if that he hasn't had any, any two either any springs and then he's only had really one true summer and that he had was one last true year. summer camp and that was last year because i mean this year i mean you you know all those guys weren't allowed to work out the way that they normally do yeah. so clemson's offensive line so um i mean Jackson Carmen is Jackson Carmen's Jackson. He's Carmen. the anchor. Yeah, but they they're they have some rawness in other spots of the line. I mean, I know they they throw the up there that you know they've had all these starts together, but then you see the breakdown. You know, Jackson Carmen has it seems like the majority of those starts. Well, most most of those guys have like twelve starts together. Yeah. They're like Ohio State's fourteen yeah. offensive line, which I but I mean right now they're not as impressive as where Ohio state's 14 offensive line was at this point of the season. Yeah. So I, I think after a couple of years, you know, they're all going to gel together. The thing I've noticed about the two teams. So Clemson has given up less sacks than Ohio state. I'm pretty sure on that. Cause yeah. Ohio state seems like they give up a lot. And but, it never seems like Lawrence gets sacked. No, I'm the thing though, that I've noticed is Clemson gives up a lot of early pressure up the middle. So I don't think I think they're pretty soft with their guards and center and Tommy Togiai and Haskell Garrett, you know, they're kind of our bread and butter right now on that defensive line. So I definitely think that's a point where we can have an advantage. Definitely. So, I mean, final, you know, without having to analyze the offensive line to death, I'm going to say Ohio State would get my edge on this because what they do. I mean, they are a good pass protecting team. They're an excellent run block team. And I don't think Clemson is where they need to be right now. Yeah, I would give the edge to Ohio State on this one, too, just because, like you said, I think the weakness is in the middle. And right now, that's we have one. Harry Miller is our one weak spot. I think that the our defensive tackles could exploit both their guards and their center. Mm-hmm. And so I would give the edge to Ohio State as well on this one. 
Um, so we'll reverse to the other side of the, the field to the defensive line. Um, so just your general thoughts on Clemson. You know, they normally, uh, they've had a very good reputation over the years of having a stout defense line just like Ohio State. Um, they have some good younger players yeah. on that line. Um, just your general overall thoughts. And, you know, how do you think that they're going to attack? I mean, obviously, you, we assume that Harry Miller is the one that is circled. So they are very talented on their defensive line. Um, Brian Bressy, Miles Murphy, um, Tyler Davis, you know, they got a they got a lot of players there. Assuming everyone's healthy, you know, they're really good. As you mentioned, though, some of the best pieces are really young also. So um, I think they're, you know, they're going to do different stuff. I don't know if necessarily they're going to think Bressy can just go maul Harry Miller and get by him like that. I mean, maybe he could because he's a very strong guy also. So, I mean, the kid, he's a freshman. He plays like he's a junior. Like yeah. he, he is incredible. And so is Miles Murphy. Um, but I don't think, I don't know if that's going to be what they're going to do. I think, I think they're going to do some delayed blitzes at Harry. You know, they're going to come with like two guys in the gaps. He make him choose between people see if they can confuse him like that. I don't think they'll just man on man. They're going to win more battles than they won't. And I could be wrong because, like I said, he's been a little shaky at the left guard spot at different times. But I think he can handle himself. But that's definitely going to be that's going to be a challenge. And then and as good as our offensive line is, that defensive line, again, some spots that are really good are really young, though but they're super talented there and they've done a hell of a job in most of their games. So yeah. I'm not, I, I take nothing away from them. I don't think they're pushovers. I don't think they're overrated. Anything like that. They're a legit defensive line and that's going to be an interesting battle. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to say to me um, right now, I think where our advantage is, is definitely the defensive tackles now because Lawrence hurt us so much coming up into the pocket and whether he takes off for that big run where he scores on the touchdown or just hitting an RPO hitting Travis Santian in the middle somewhere. I mean, he just dashed us coming up. I mean, our defense ends. I mean, a lot of people want to come and say, I mean, I've heard too many people say chase young wasn't, didn't show up in that game. Chase young was, almost got to Lawrence how many different times like three times he almost got to him and that's where you need the defensive tackles to call you need your defensive tackles to be waiting for right somebody like that now I mean you gotta you gotta penetrate too as a defensive tackle though it'll be interesting to see how Ohio State does it do they try to just bring the pressure with the defensive tackles and then does can Lawrence get to the outside and hurt Ohio State or does Ohio State try to do something a little different? And here's something I was thinking of. Maybe blitz Lawrence from the outside. I mean, give the defensive ends a little bit more oomph by bringing a blitzer with them to the outside. And then as he comes up, which his natural tendency is to, to come up, and you have Togiai and Haskell Garrett yeah. waiting for him. I think you're going to see some of that again, though, is just how quickly Lawrence can diagnose and he can hit where that blitzer was. So but we saw it twice last year. Sean Wade got to him. Baron Browning got to him. No. Now, Sean, of course, you know, unfortunate as it was. Um, but the blitzes, I mean, they can work on him. It's no. just, again, you got to something. You got to disguise it. You can't, you know, give too much. You can't show him too much pre-snap of what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Because he will get someone there and he'll kill you by yes. doing that. So you got to make it a surprise. But I think Ohio State can do that. And absolutely. Yeah, I think 
I think they'll try to do that. I mean, if, they, if that guy doesn't get to him, then that will force him up into the arms of Garrett and Toge, which are both very strong, and they can get past those interior linemen. They, they'll yeah. be there waiting for him. Yeah. So I, I'm right now even – I want to say that I'm going to give this a slight Ohio State advantage just because I where I like the defensive tackles. I've been back and forth between is this a push or is this a slight advantage? And right now I'm going to say slight advantage just because I think – Clemson's Clemson's youth hurts them a little bit right now until we see more. Yeah, if, if they can rise to the the big game to the challenge, and I've just been I've loved with our defense, especially Haskell Garrett, but Togi I too. I mean, both these guys have been just wrecking balls to be dealing with, and no interior line has shown that they can handle them right. this year. I give. I mean. Not significant, not slight, just full advantage Ohio State on this one. They got more experience on the defensive line. I know they don't have Ch- they don't have Chase Young there, um, but the, these guys have been a mixed program. They've played against stronger guys for a, a longer period than what these freshmen for Clemson has. So these guys are good. Don't get me wrong, and they they're going to make some plays in this game. But you know, throughout the course of the game, I just think it it favors Ohio State, and not. It's not like crazy. Like I said, it's not significant, but it's also I don't think it's just like, you know, barely ahead of them. I think they're they're ahead of them. Yeah. All right. Linebackers. So I think this is the. Unlike some other years, I think this is the year that it doesn't seem like Clemson has, you know, but they just like us, they have a very experienced. Yeah, they have an experience room. It is weird like that because they don't have that that guy. But at the same time, I don't see necessarily do they have any weaknesses to their linebackers. You know, are they? I don't. I mean, Ohio State. But that's how I would describe Ohio State. Even with Ohio State, I think because we look at Ohio State more, so it's easier for us to pick out their weaknesses. Yeah. But I, I would think as an outsider, you'd be like, you know, they don't have any. They, do, do they really have anybody? But they don't have any. But but they're not bad neither. So I mean, if you look at top end talent, what you can do, you would say Baron Browning's the best linebacker in the game. Yeah, I would agree with but that. But it doesn't play out like that a lot of the time for Baron. So I I mean, I would say Skalski and Borland. I mean, that's a push, right? Is Skalski any more athletic than Tough Borland is? No, I would agree with that. I mean, they're both great run stoppers. Yeah, Skalski's more vocal, obviously. Tough's a much more subdued guy, but yeah. I think they're. I just I don't see how one's really better than the next. I yeah. don't think one's more athletic than the next. I mean, Spectre and Warner, those are like clones of each other. I think yeah. again, they they do everything right, but neither one's like you know a top ten player, yeah, top ten draft pick. I don't even know if they have a third linebacker or who they typically use. I mean, I Baron Browning, Justin Hilliard have both looked good this year. Wow. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Clemson, they it's like they they don't do a lot wrong. Yeah, but they're not like they're not flashy this year. They don't got that, you know, Isaiah Simmons that can go all over the field and do everything for them. Yeah. Now, I would love to see. Can't Ohio State's backers outside of the Indiana game where they even though I think a lot of those issues were more on the safety, but they did kind of fall back into some of their old tendencies. Now, a lot a lot of that was on Williamson and the safety, though. Agreed. Um, Last year against Clemson. I think the biggest thing that made us nervous is that we felt for the whole year, the linebackers were back to Ohio state linebackers. And then the Clemson game, you started seeing, you then know, they weren't there. Some of their old tendencies come out. 
it seems like they've gotten better again this year when teams have challenged them against that type of stuff. Now this is for the sh- this is for everything now. So right. are they are they ready to be? Because the thing with linebackers, line no one's ever going to accuse a linebacker to be able to cover you know a receiver you know and man to man coverage you know tight ends even have usually advantages. It, the whole point about linebackers is just being in your correct positions and make a quarterback make a throw over a linebacker. So Browning can cover. Warner can cover. Hilliard can cover. We've seen all that. Tufts, you, Tufts actually, he's kind of, he can be hit or miss sometimes in the past game as far as being in the lanes. So that, I mean, that's a lot of still the issues that I've seen with them is they just, they don't make throws difficult over the middle. That's been a lot of what I've seen now. The linebackers, they've gotten better. though. They yeah. have gotten better. They're, they are improved. Um, I don't know how difficult they make those throws over the middle, though, and you you need to. Yeah. And I mean, but look at last year, the first drive of the game, Trevor Lawrence almost gets picked off by Tough Borland because Tough yeah. read where he was going. He just didn't catch the ball. And that's kind of always been my issue, especially with this linebacker. Because when you think about like some of the, especially some of the middle linebackers Ohio State have had, you know, and I'm just going to go back to just Wilhelm. I mean, when you think of Wilhelm and, you know, Schlegel and, and uh, Laurinaitis and then, you know, uh, um, Curtis Grant and McMillan were kind of like that. I don't know and if you would say Tough Borland's worse than Curtis Grant, though. It seemed like it seemed like, especially after Meyer got there, Curtis Grant was still he was a little bit better in the passing game than what he was starting. And yeah, he got he at least made the thing with those middle linebackers. You got to get back into those lanes and just make it difficult. And it seems like all those guys. I mean, I remember them. All, every one of those guys I've named, I, I remember them getting hands up and, you know, tipping balls. And, you know, sometimes I think Tuff's gotten better with it. It's just it's never been Tuff's game. He's definitely been, uh, you know, he comes up, he's great against run teams and he's gotten a little bit better against pass teams. But it's just, you know, watching last year's game does make me nervous to what, you know, especially you would think that that's definitely going to be their thought process is they're going to exploit there. That's going to be right from the get go. Let's see if this middle of this defense can hold up against us. They're going to try and they may be able to exploit it. I, I don't know. I have confidence in our linebackers. They've played well this year. They've been better than not almost, you know, they've been good to above good for most of the season. Agreed. So I, I think they did play a bad game. They played a bad game against Northwestern Warner and tough did. Yeah. So that one, I mean, that's a little worrisome, but I don't know. I'm not, I think they know what's going to try to get thrown at them. Of course, you know, again, Lawrence and that offense, they have a lot of different things they can throw at you, but I think Ohio State will come into it with a good plan. And I'm going to bet on the linebackers that they can at least make it difficult. I'm not saying they're going to pick Lawrence off because he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. So would you say, are we, is this Clemson Buckeyes or is this a push? I would say push. Now go back to Lawrence doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. What I did notice about, Trevor Lawrence threw, I think it was four interceptions this year. So it's not a lot because, you know, he had nine games, so it wasn't anything crazy. He does have a habit, though, that, like I said, I think he has his mind made up when the ball gets snapped because they're mostly all to the middle of the field. And he just he stares guys down and that's who gets him are linebackers and safeties. Yeah. That was intercepted. So, I mean, again, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in college football. But he's not like, you know, he's not some he's not Tom Brady coming into the NFL. Yeah, there are still weaknesses in his game that he has to improve on. So 
I'm going to say push on this one. No, I'm a, I agree with you. I'm going to go with push that one. But Ohio State's linebackers may be a little bit more athletic than Clemson's. Yeah. Um, secondary. Now, before I get into my thoughts on the secondary, I've heard I've seen a lot of stuff this week from on different Facebook boards that I'm on, plus some things on Twitter that, you know, Clemson's just going to hand us because our, our secondary has played bad all year. And our secondary has been nowhere near as bad this year as what it was in 2018. And I don't know where some of that, I mean, yeah. I get it. The middle has had some issues, but even our safeties have played better the last few weeks. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, Proctor, he had a tough start against Northwestern, but he had a good second half and, you know, hooker before, you know, getting COVID, you know, he was fine after the Indiana game, right. you know, they fixed a lot of the stuff that, uh, you know, the issues that seemed like they had, um, I don't think our secondary is as bad or as weak as some people are making it out to be. I think we've been fine at cornerbacks. Our cornerbacks really haven't been, you know, I mean, there's been a couple, I mean, Sean gave up a couple great catches. He maybe had one or bad one or two bad. That was more on him. You know, some of those early games touchdowns. Well, he had an effort one against Penn State, but he had some big interceptions now coming down the stretch. He's yeah, had absolutely. Pick, he's had a pick six. You know, Seven Banks has not given up that much all year. You know, like no, I mean the, I mean the one that really surprised me on Seven was that the like opening drive of that third quarter, Northwestern beat him on that, like kind of like that fade route. Yeah, that they did. So that i mean that one surprised me about him but he's had a he's had a very decent year i mean sean's had a good year and you can say what you want that sean gave up you know indiana hit some amazing plays like most of you know Penix's 500 yards through the air came on five passes in that yeah. game like so you know tip your hat to those guys the you know sean they had they had a couple bad plays in that game yeah i've watched i have i haven't watched a lot of full games club but i've watched excuse me i've watched some um i've watched some early games of clemson this year a couple things i've noticed about clemson's especially their corners that if a team could hold up against clemson's barrage their offensive barrage i think their cornerbacks could be a liability and i think the buckeyes are a team that could hold up against their their barrage right and i sorry i don't mean to cut you off i'm getting fired up on the subject but like you're saying like i agree i don't think like Clemson secondary, their cornerbacks, you can get by them. Yeah. I've seen it a lot this year, and I've seen a lot of bad throws from quarter like opposing quarterbacks that they didn't even necessarily have a lot of pressure in their face or anything that they just overthrew the receivers. Like I've I've seen it a lot this year, just like you're saying that they can get beat at times. Yeah. I don't think like Nolan Turner is probably their best guy on their secondary. He's out for the first half. Yeah, that's and I still think just like Tanner Muse last year, and I don't I don't want to like insult the guy i mean tanner muse did fine too but i think nolan turner athletically he has some limitations to himself as well yeah i mean that's just what i've noticed is that i think i actually i think our outside corners are better than theirs i think our secondary is better than and they're like i mean i'm a little nervous about where we are at safety i will say that every game i do think our safeties have played better but you know we'll see when we see when they play a real team they're playing a real team so i mean there could be some threats there but i think Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave could have some big a big game against these guys. I that, think you know, I agree. And again, they don't have Isaiah Simmons running around that yeah, field either. It's just like I said, when it, the problem with the ACC teams, I've seen some ACC schools challenge them. It's just you can't keep up with the scoring barrage that Clemson can throw right. at you. Well, Ohio State's built to do that. So, you know, 
this could be a game where that liability is those corners could hurt them in the fourth quarter and Ohio state could win a game because of that. And Ohio state's shown me a lot of times that they can, they can put, you know, they can put it on their running game too when they need to. I mean, that is the biggest problem when you go against Clemson is if you watch a lot of their games are very close in the first quarter, which I mean, a lot of games anywhere are close in the first quarter. Yeah. You've only been playing for 15 minutes. So not everybody's like Ohio State, you know, that jumps all over people in the first and second quarters. But if you watch a lot of Clemson games, you'll see that a lot of times it is close, like really close early on where they might even look like they're at a disadvantage. But then Lawrence just lights people up like two, three series in a row. And then a team has to become one dimensional out of it. I mean, even like I mean, well, going off of that, I mean, a lot of times people try to overjudge first quarters too much. I mean, first of all, you're you got all, a lot of game left. You always you're always playing scripted plays early and, you know, you don't know exactly what the other team is doing. Everybody has their their special plays right. that they're They've brought out just for this game. And it takes usually a defense you know, a season defense like an Alabama or a Clemson or Ohio State, it usually takes them a couple series to really get into the game because, you know, the coaches need to see what's going on. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that's the one thing that I've really felt it, that because I, I, I see their weaknesses in their secondary. And I think if you played it, if you can keep up with their scoring and not let them just manhandle you, that that's where the running game, Ohio State's, running game could still be an effect a factor in the second half which clemson really doesn't have to play ever yeah and then that just makes those two receivers even more deadlier because you know now you 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 have to make that decision are you bringing a safety up or you're not bringing a safety up who who are you trying to help here are you trying to stop trey sermon or are you trying to stop garrett wilson and chris right and so yeah i actually i think um I'm a little nervous about the safeties and that's why I'm, I'm closer to making this a push, but I think I'm going to go slate advantage Ohio state just because I, I, I like our two outside corners better than I like their outside corners. And now, as we saw last year, that might not mean everything because I liked our, our outside corners dominated the game. last right. year. If you went just off of what the outside corners did in the game, you would have thought we easily won the game because you know, their two outside receivers did nothing against, you know, Okuda and um, uh, Damon Arnett. And right. So, no, I know. And that's like, yeah, I know that that's rough. Cause they, we, where they said that it was going to be like, you know, hit or miss, like they're going to win some, we're going to win some, like we didn't look, we hardly lost any I of those think, battles. I, I mean, Damon Arnett and Jeff Okuda, they shut those guys down on the outside. Yeah. It's just, they killed us with those huge plays in the middle of the field. Um, I am going to say push just because I agree. I think outside corners, we can beat them there, but I still think middle of the field, they could probably beat us there yeah. now with, um, Nolan Turner out in that first half, though, that's interesting to me. I I don't know. Are they going to try to get Garrett Wilson vertical and attack that safety? I mean, they should it try. I mean, I guess it depends how deep they're playing, too, though. Yeah. I mean, if if they're going to give a if if they're only playing a one deep and uh, attack and if they have maybe if they're playing a cover two, cover three, you know, even a quarters, you know, you 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 take every situation. You have to take whatever situation they give you. And they'll probably play at different styles defenses to protect the back end. But so you, you know, agree, flea flicker first play of the game. It could, it could work. <laughs> I mean, I've been harping on this. 
Trey Sermon just had 331 rushing yards. They have a backup safety in there. Flea flicker, first play of the game. Garrett Wilson down the center of the field, touchdown. I just, I, I think where Ohio State could really separate themselves in this game is that stay in this game early. Don't let them start beating you down because that keeps your running game into it. And if that keeps your running game into it, I think Sermon will get his, and then they could really dominate these cornerbacks mm-hmm. with our receiving core playing pl- the play action game. And then I don't know. Then it could be very interesting. It, it could be, be a very happy night at the end of the night. Um, we'll quickly touch on the secondary a little bit. We have, I mean, Ohio State. Even this year, they still haven't kicked the ball that much. It's like they never. Like, yeah. Um, I like Blake Cowboy. I'm not really sure on Clemson who Clemson's kickers are. Uh, but seems, BT Potter. Okay. He's good. He's good. They're uh, both good. I mean, that's and both punters are good. Yeah. Um, seems like Chrisman's going to be still out, correct? But the guy last week, he seemed like he was Hoover. You know, I I didn't know Chrisman is still going to miss. I heard that the they were the the least optimistic about him being back. So that's hard, but. I heard, his, I heard his might actually have been an injury and not so much COVID, but. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he's, I, I don't know. I mean, Hoover, that, that scares you walk on punter in that situation, but maybe you don't got to kick it a lot. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's a really good night and you're not punting all that often. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say push. I, I'm not going to pretend like I've watched a lot of Clemson's kickers, but, um, I know that Potter is a good kicker. Um, Blake Cowbill is a good kicker. And uh, I saw enough from our punter last week in a championship game that, you know, he at least he showed up. Yeah. And, you know, if he does have to play, he has to play. And, you know, he he did fine. So I think that's a push. So Dave versus day. So <clears throat> just your your general thoughts. I mean, I I, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm going to go slight Dave as experience coach. and titles. So he, he beat us head to head last year. And I think. Ryan Day, you know, even though there was some stuff that was there, he had some good calls in the red zone. He had some bad calls in the red zone, too. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, this falls on him. Yeah. You know, so um, but just your your general thoughts. Well, I'm interested because the Northwestern game, I think a lot of us came out of that. Like that was Ryan Day's worst play calling game as a coach at Ohio State. And then I kind of like I kind of looked at it. I try to be a little bit more optimistic about it, like. Ryan Day was getting beat. Like, I don't I don't know why he was calling things the way he was. They weren't working. He found something that worked, though. And I mean, it took him a long time to get to it. But once he got to it, he I mean, he ran the ball down Pat Fitzgerald's throat, which yeah. doesn't happen often. So I I agree. I give the edge to Debo in a game. But I think Ryan Day has matured a lot. I mean, I kind of like his play calling. I think kind of hurt us in that first Clemson game when we got to the second half too. Yeah, that we did find the first half we just couldn't convert. In the second half, it was well, it's just kind of a weird game how it played out. It seemed like he tried to get a little too conservative too early in that game, and that's kind of been sometimes. Uh, now it's one thing to make that argument when you're up, you know, five scores in the first half. Yeah, like we are against some Big Ten teams. So, I mean, some people have said that that. Maybe he gets a little too trustless in the second half, which could be true. Yeah. You know, but, you know, you're just playing numbers. You're playing advantages then. And maybe, yeah, maybe you would like early in the second half to come out and maybe if you throw maybe another two, three touchdowns out, just the, you know, like that was always kind of Urban's philosophy. It's like Urban, Urban would really start the real conservativeness in the fourth quarter normally. It was always like, 
I'm going to make sure this game is won. Right. And then then I will start, you know, maybe, you know, we'll just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I mean, yeah. even though that was a lot of their offense to begin with, but it was running the run, run, run at a much faster pace. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think, though, you know, at the end of the day, I think day is a better play caller. And yeah, I agree with that. I, I think he could exploit Debo Sweeney and Venables, you know, if, if opportunity presents itself. So I think he's had some rough spots with play calling. Like you said, he gets conservative sometimes a little too easily, but. And this has been a rough year. This has been a rough year for, I mean, I know he he coached some games the previous year from last year, but you know, last year was his first year as a head coach, you know, he was flying high. He was the the new man on campus. Everybody loved him. And, you know, this year, you know, you had a lot of stuff to deal with. And he hasn't had a lot of playing time. He's basically running, you know, he's ran a very vanilla offense this year. And I maybe he might try to I'm wondering if he will try to snap out of that a little bit. I hope and so. try to break some of his tendencies. Oh, but like I said, what worries me is what can you really install in 11 days? It's not like, but I think he can install some stuff that, you know, you're breaking tendencies and that, you know, yeah. maybe just show a couple different formations and, you know, make Clemson just have to think a little bit more about different stuff. And even if you're running the same plays that you're running out of those formations, just, you know, I'm just, Part of me, and I don't, I don't think it'll happen because in the Northwestern game, he, you know, he hadn't, he gave the keys to Trey. I mean, maybe that's because it didn't get out of hand. Also, part of me gets scared though. We might see like an 06 Florida game where that's just their offense is so predicated out going vertical, and they try it so much, and it's just not working. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't, I don't see that happening though. I think if you, if he goes a couple series, it's not working. We'll run the ball. I think we'll, we'll probably get the good dose of running from probably the second series on, I do think he's going to come out and try to pass, establish a pass against them just to get Justin in a rhythm hitting, you know, short passes, and I, and maybe I, go deep early. I think that's important too. I think that's just try to, I think the biggest thing is you got to try to get Justin into the game, but for some reason, if it's not working, you got to get to the running game a lot quicker than he did against Northwestern because, you know, it proved against Northwestern it, it, it from early in the game. It was working. It was just that he wasn't willing to make that full switch until yeah. later in the game. And then when he made the switch, you knew deep, you knew they were going to win. It was just that Trey Sermon wasn't being stopped and Northwestern's defense looked like they were, they said uncle that they were done. Right. That, you know, Ohio state was just manhandling them. So um, I, now both Davo and day have both given out some bulletin board material. So <laughs> like, yeah i mean days they've matched each other on bullets but days not they didn't try to yeah i know they did his in a locker room still got out and you know damn it demario yeah thanks demario (laughs) that uh but you know Debo. i mean that was dumb on his part in my opinion i mean what i mean just and just to try to double down well i don't think because they've played so little games i mean at this point if you don't think like what are you if like as a coach, I, if I was a coach, I would be more worried about like what Dave's worried about that they haven't had enough reps. And right. Like if I was Dave, I'd be like, okay, this team they've looked sloppy at different parts this year. We could exploit that because they haven't had reps. And, yeah. But he's looking at it from, you know, the other side of it that you know. Well, he's saying their legs are fresher. Yeah. Which I mean, <coughs> yes and no. I mean, you build that stuff up, but 
you got to remember guys like Josh Myers, Josh Myers wasn't allowed to do anything for two weeks. Yeah. Like he wasn't allowed to stay active. That doesn't keep your legs fresh. Like you get, you get sore, you get worn down easier. So, I mean, that's, and that was their whole offensive line pretty much was had to go through that. So yeah. I don't think, I don't think he's right when he says that they have fresh legs. Cause you still got to be active. You yeah. can't, you know, you, you can't let your muscles just like not work them out anymore. I wish some of some of you reporters would call some of these coaches out. Call on him this. out on his BS. Like, and the thing is, like, these guys have actually played the game before, like your Pollocks and Herb Streets. Like, just say it how it is that nobody would want to play less games and go into a situation yeah. like that. Like, you're playing. I mean, there's three legitimate teams, especially two really legitimate teams. And Notre Dame's good, too. I mean, these guys, they've played a full season with each other, you know, or close to a full season. And, you know, Ohio State has it. Well, when, and what did I say earlier? I said, you know, they've played sloppy Clemson at the beginning of games. You know, it's been close. They figured stuff out, but they always figure it out. And they always beat the crap out of everybody outside of the Notre Dame game. So yeah. wouldn't you rather be in the position of them that you saw some things that worked, didn't work and were able to, you know, fix it and win a game big, whereas Ohio State's had six games. Yeah. And some of them has been really bad second halves. Some of them much better second halves. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll get into later on our, our, uh, the, you know, the show, our, uh, actual pregame show that, uh, our thoughts about who's going to win the game and stuff like that. But just anything else in general you want to throw out for today? No, I think, I think it's going to be a good game, though. I mean, if you actually look at it, Clemson throws for more than Ohio State does, Ohio State runs for more than Clemson does. Defenses, I think, Ohio State gives up about 60 more yards per game than what Clemson does. So the defenses aren't terrible. Like Ohio State, you know, they're not some terrible defense like people think. Um, they actually, they both get like 25 first downs a game. They both have about one takeover per game or t- turnover. Uh, I think Ohio State has a couple more takeaways per game. So yeah. again, though, it's hard. Like when you're going about sample size of Ohio State playing more games, I'm sure that number comes down a little bit. So yeah, exactly. I think they're much more evenly matched up than what a lot of people are thinking. I mean, if you're if your entire thing is Clemson's going to kill Ohio State because Marcus Hooker isn't the best deep safety out there, you might be like really disappointed by the end of this because. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Justin Fields is a great quarterback. Justin Fields can play against any defense in the country. It's just kind of like putting it all together. But if you think that if that's the one thing that you're going to hang your hat on and you think that Trevor Lawrence is just going to beat Marcus Hooker down the field every every play, he might be trying to beat Josh Proctor down the field, which Josh played a good second half last week. We got better play calling than we did in 2016. So I don't see it. There's no 2016 in this. We got a better. We do have a better secondary than we did in 2018. So I don't see that necessarily in this. We have an offense that can score. So I'm not really, you know. Yeah. And anybody that wants to say about like 2018 and 2013. Yeah. I mean, 2018's defense wasn't good, but they only lost one game. Yeah. 2013's defense had issues. 2013, Ohio State legitimately could have won the national title in 2013. I mean, I just like I said, I and I th- this game is going to be close. This is going to be a close game. I really believe so. Um, that could go either way. It could be a, the last team that has the ball wins this game, just like you know, almost it almost was last year. Well, <laughs> like, and I think people are like, well, it could either be like a close Ohio State win, or it could be a close Clemson win, or it could even be a couple score Clemson win. I think Ohio State has just as much of an opportunity 
if things go sideways to Clemson, I mean, get a turn. Very easily could have I think Ohio a, State could win by two scores. I mean, they very easily could have won by a few scores last year. Right. And, you know, just things, weird things happen when you don't put those touchdowns in the game. Then that other stuff affects it. And momentum hit them and they gave up some scores on some, you know, bad plays, some bad calls. Yeah. All right. So I think we'll get out of here today on that. Um, yeah, we got to catch up on the Browns. I hope they're not getting killed yet. Yeah. <laughs> I hope uh, they better not be against the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Even with uh, all their players being out. Um, all right. So we'll we'll sign off here. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for stopping in to the Buckeye Bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. O-H. I-O.